Welcome to Destiny Spirit Church. This week's message is by our senior pastor, Donna Astern. We are teaching and stirring up prophetic giftings, and, and so most of you have taken the Ministry and Spiritual Gifts seminar that we offer, and, and in that, we learned things about stirring up the gifts, right? And we learned about activations. You know, what's an activation? That's a time where we practice, right, in the gifts. And we have, in activations, we learned that we can get together and we can deliberately exercise our spiritual senses. Deliberately look, see, hear, feel, all of that, right? Deliberately engage and press in to stir up our gifts and move forward there. And so we've learned that through practice that we begin to grow. We quote the scripture from, from Hebrews 5.14, who practice, have, have their senses exercised to discern between good and evil, right? Through practice. And so through practice, we've learned to discern what was good, what was evil, what was God, what wasn't God, those kinds of things, by just putting it out there and keep going again and again and again. And so this was a... Um, New concept for a lot of us, right? The idea of stirring it up and practicing, that was a new concept, right? And so, but we have gotten past all of that, and now we do it without thinking twice about it. You say, we're going to do an activation? Okay, no problem, we'll do an activation. And so we do that. What happened is that we repented in our thinking. We changed how we used to think about those things had a change of thinking, which is what the word repent means, change of thinking, to something that was much more in harmony with the truth of Scripture. Isn't that right? So we repented. We had a change in our thinking. And a change in our thinking brought about a change in our behavior, a change in what we were doing, right? So tonight, I want to talk to you about positioning for divine encounters. Let's turn to the book of Exodus, please. We have been activating and stirring up gifts in certain levels, in certain areas. We've stirred up words of knowledge. We've stirred up prophecy. We've stirred up some levels of, of visions and pictures and some of those things, right? Well, I want us to begin to expand our stirring up and our activation into a place of getting ourselves into a position for divine encounters. Does that sound like a good thing to do? Yes, it does. Amen. Let's start. Let's look at Exodus chapter 19. And the Lord is speaking to his people. And if you look in verse 6, what does he say here? He says, you will be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you shall speak to the sons of Israel. And then you go down a few verses. He's doing some commandments. He says, God's intention for the people of Israel was that they would all be a kingdom of priests. That there wouldn't just be, you know, a small group of priests, but it'd be everybody would be a kingdom of priests. That was an initial, excuse me, initial and original intent for his people. Isn't that right? A kingdom full of priests. So that they would have the priesthood as far as they would all have that face-to-face encounter with the living God. Not just being... The, the people on the outside watching it happen, but to actually be involved and engaged into an encounter with the living God. That's what a priest does, right? Okay. Let's scoot down to verse 17. 
And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was all in smoke, because the Lord descended upon it in fire. And its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked violently. When the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him with thunder. Shoo! That's dramatic, right? The Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. That is a very dramatic encounter. Everybody saw it, right? Everybody hears the thunder, everybody sees the lightning, everybody sees the whole thing. There wasn't a single person who missed out on this encounter with God. Because God's intent was that his whole group of people, everybody, would have these encounters. Guys, we're returning to this. Do you know that for so long we've had the mistaken idea that it was only the individual here and there, the occasional saint, the occasional holy person, the occasional intercessor, the occasional whatever, that had that unique experience with God. But what did we learn about the prophetic? We learned that it wasn't just for the rare individual, it was for the many-membered body of Christ. And so that's where we began to activate and press in and say, this is for me too. You don't have to be a prophet. God intended for you to be a priest. So let's don't worry about being prophets. Let's just say, I'm going to take my place as being a part of the kingdom of priests. And the priests are the ones going to have that encounter with the living God. Now let's look over in chapter 20, verse 18. All the people perceived the thunder and the lightning flashes and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood at a distance. You know, that's a pretty dramatic thing to happen, right? So everybody is shaking in their boots. You know, when God shows up in power and glory, there is no, we're going to be flip here. There is none of this, oh, how you doing God stuff? That ain't happening. When God shows up in his power, your prayer is, God, please don't kill me. That's, that's, the, that's how it's going to hit you. And that's where their heart is. Oh, God. Oh, God. That's the whole attitude because the smoke and the lightning and the trumpet and the whole thing's going on, right? Verse 19, then they said to Moses, Moses, speak to us yourself or we're listening. Don't let God speak to us or we're all going to die. <laughs> it's too scary. Can you imagine? They're just standing there trembling. They're trembling. Huh. You know, Moses went up. The people here, they're backing up. Can y'all picture that? They are backing up. What's Moses doing? He's going forward. They say, go ahead, Moses. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. We'll see if you survive. Okay. You tell us about it, okay? It's just too scary. I don't think we want to go there. I've not ever seen anything like that in my life before, and I don't know. This God looks really dangerous to me. So you go, Moses. Moses said to the people, Don't be afraid, for God has come in order to test you, and in order that the fear of him may remain with you so that you may not sin. So the people stood at a distance while Moses approached the thick cloud where God was. Isn't that an interesting attitude that Moses has they're all freaking out afraid they want to hide because of their fear 
You know, the Bible talks about that. When the day of the Lord, it says people will hide from the presence of God because it's scary. But Moses wanted to move. He had a, he had a different relationship with God. And so he wasn't this place of being terrified of God. The fear that Moses had made him want to know God. He says, the fear of God is going to keep me from sin, but I want to know who you are that you want me to be your friend. Who is this awesome, mighty God that wants to make us a kingdom of priests? I've got to find out about him. Folks, we've got to have a change of heart. We need to have the same heart that Moses had. Yes, I want to, I want to know the God who has chosen me to be one of his priests. All right? And Moses says it's just so that God wants to test you, so that you may not sin. God is wanting us to have the same attitude towards sin that he's got towards sin. See, it's the same attitude of repentance. It's all thinking the same way that he thinks about everything, right? It's not God has an opinion and you have an opinion and I have an opinion, but it's that we all have our minds thinking the same way, the same mind, the same judgment about everything. You know what? Moses was not nervous about being in God's presence. He knew that God was holy God, but he also knew that he had been obedient to what God told him to do. And so he's got the blood. He's got the sprinkling out of the crowd. He's telling them, God says, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. And why is God saying thou shalt not? Because he says, this is my view about sin. You need to agree with me about this, right? So Moses is there and he's just going forward. Let's flip over to chapter 24 in verse 9. This is some dramatic encounters. 24 verse 9. Then Moses went up with Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu. Remember who they were? Aaron, the initial high priest, and then Nadab and Abihu, who later got in trouble for offering strange fire. But these were priests that went forward. And 70 of the elders of Israel, and they saw the God of Israel. Now it's not just Moses, but there's 73 other people that are seeing God at the exact same time. How about that? They saw the God of Israel, and under his feet there appeared to be a pavement of sapphire, as clear as the sky itself. Yet he did not stretch out his hand against the nobles of the sons of Israel, and they saw God, and they ate and drank. They saw God and had dinner with him. Guys, they were a priesthood who were had had an open invitation to have a face-to-face encounter with God. I don't even know hardly any Christians that want to see God's face. You know why? Because nobody ever told us we could. Well, that's when you get to heaven, right? Isn't that what we always thought? That's what I always thought. Well, you know, you're not supposed to see anything down here because it's wait for you when you get to heaven. God wants you to live by faith and blah, 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 blah. That's what I always thought it was. But I'm looking at here now and saying, wait a minute, God. A nation of priests, you said they could see your face, and not only that, but live. Hallelujah. I mean, you know, 74 folks are right there not just having a real quick snapshot, not having a real two-second visit and gone, having dinner. Y'all, that's a serious vision. To have a vision for a couple of hours while we have dinner. I want you to get hungry for this. You know what? The Bible says in Hebrews 8, 6, that Jesus is the mediator of a better covenant which has been enacted on better promises. 
He is our high priest, and we have a better covenant than what these guys had, right? Jesus said one better than Moses, right? He said he was one better than Moses. So if, if Moses was the type of the high priest who led 74 people into the very presence of God for dinner, then Jesus, our high priest, I think he could lead all of us into his presence for dinner too. Why not? Because you know what? We hadn't had faith for it because we never thought about it. You know what? There are things that, as we have been learning, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And what happens is God breathes upon something. He catches our attention. So we begin to ponder and think about it and think, hey, maybe, maybe there's something here that we haven't seen before. Hallelujah. I'm telling you what, I think having a couple events like these guys had would be something to talk about. That'd be something to really talk about, right? I had dinner with God last night. <laughs> God showed up. We had a meal, you know. I just think that's awesome. Okay. Do you know the Bible says in 1 Peter 2, 9 that you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood a peculiar people, who, to show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The Bible has said in Revelation 5, 9, that God has made, has made us kings and priests unto our God. He has made us to be a kingdom of priests. This is the very thing he wanted in the beginning from Israel. He wanted a kingdom of priests that would interact with him as priests do in divine encounters. And so now... He's, we have from the word of God that we have been made a royal priesthood. Folks, you're a priest. You need to have an encounter with the living God. I think it's time we should all have some of those. Have some dinner. Have some encounters as priests of God because the priests are the ones that go into the very presence of God. Hallelujah. Let's flip over to the book of John. Jesus is the high priest of a better covenant. And we are the lesser priest, but we are still priests co called and chosen by God. You know, God could have chosen us to be his servants. Jesus said, I don't call you servants, I call you friends, right? God could have chosen us to be any, any other class. I mean, he's the one who determines a relationship, right? He could have chosen anything. He says, I want you for my priest. I want you guys to come into my presence like nobody else on the earth does. Oh, my goodness. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I'm a priest. <laughs> and so are you. Hallelujah. Okay. John chapter 14. John 14. So since the scripture teaches us that we are kings and priests, we have a better covenant on better promises, then this starts to get my little, you know, I start to get to anticipate something a little bit. Hey, well then, hmm, what do we need to believe God for? We already knew about believing God for stirring up the gift of prophecy. How about let's believe God for dinner with God? How about something a little different, a little broader than what we've been doing before? John 14, 21, Jesus said, He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and I will what? Show myself, disclose, manifest myself to him. Who did Jesus promise to show himself to? 
to those who what? Kept his commandments and loved him. Jesus said, if you love me, you keep my commandments, right? That's, that's in John, what? Let's, yeah, somewhere right there. Yeah, if you love me, keep my commandments. And then John 15, 12, Jesus said, this is my commandment that you love one another just as I love you. So what's his commandments? The commandments of Jesus are to love God and love each other. He who loves the Lord will keep the commandments of love. And God says, Jesus says, I will reveal myself to you. I'll come manifest myself to you. You know, I heard somebody talk about, well, you shouldn't ask the Lord to manifest because, you know, you're getting into stuff. I'm thinking Jesus right there said he would. He said he would manifest himself, didn't he? I mean, it's right there in the Bible where everybody can see it. We're not making this up, right? Not making it up. If we keep his commandments, it means that we love him and he will reveal himself to us. You know, Jesus said something else interesting in John 3, 3. He said, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom. You can't see the kingdom. You can't see the kingdom of heaven. You can't see the face of God. You can't see the Lord if you're not born again. The implication is that if you are born again, then you can see these things. And that means that you and I need to start looking and say, I want to see the things of the kingdom. I want to see the things of the throne room. I want to see the things of God. I want to stir up my gifts because I'm a priest. I'm going to bring a sacrifice of praise, a sacrifice of thanksgiving before my God. I'm going to keep his commandments to walk in love, to love God, and to love one another. And he's going to manifest himself to me because that's what he promised. And God is not a man that he should lie, right? Or the son of man that he should repent. Praise God. Praise God. What did the Lord say in, in Joel chapter 2, in 28 and 29? He said, it'll come about in the last days I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh, right? I will pour out my spirit. That means there's going to be an abundance of a spiritual outpouring. And we have been seeing some trickles of that coming up. But it's not just going to be the one little isolated incident here and the other one another three states away. But God said he was going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And he said your, your old men will dream dreams, right? Uh, yeah, your young men will see visions. Your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. And I'm going to pour out a male, it says a male and female servants. I will pour out my spirit in those days. That pouring out of a spirit is speaking of an abundance of spiritual activity that's going on. You know, I don't want a trickle and a drop every now and then. I want an outpouring. I want to be under the spout where the glory comes out, right? An outpouring. When I was a kid, we used to sing in the church uh, about showers of dressing, showers of blessing, excuse me. Mercy drops round as her falling, but for the showers we plead. I hated that song because it was always such a whiny, depressed kind of a song, you know. But it's like I don't want just a shower or a mercy drop, either one. I want an outpouring. This is what the Lord has promised, an outpouring. You know, there are things that we have heard and seen of things that, of God outpouring in other places. And I'm thinking, hey, I'm a priest. You're a priest. I think it's time for us to have some of these things here. So how about you and I start walking in love towards each other? Hello. Do you know there's a lot of verses in the Bible about how to behave and about how things that need to be put away. And he's talking to Christians, 
You know, we need to put away all that strife and all that bickering, all that carrying on, all that fuss, and begin to start walking in love towards one another. I read something recently where a man had a vision, and he said the thing that what God had showed him was that he wanted to do an outpouring, but there were two things that were preventing the outpouring, and one of them was unforgiveness, and the other was broken relationships. He says God wanted to pour out, but he couldn't because unforgiveness and broken relationships were standing there in the way. You see, that's what Jesus promised. If we will love God and love one another, we'll be in a position where God can pour out everything that he's wanting to pour out. All right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, needs to be poured out. Let's turn over to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Now, we have used these scriptures right here, Romans 6, 12, and 13. We've used them a lot in teaching about spiritual gifts and doing activations. We've talked about, you know, just yield your body. Just yield your mouth. Just yield your, your eyes, your heart. Just yield to the Lord and then begin to receive something from the Spirit of God that you can minister to another person. So in Romans chapter 6 and verse 12, let's look at this in the light of, of positioning ourselves as a priest before the Lord, okay? I read a wonderful book this week that, that really expanded on these two verses. It was called um, Open My Eyes, Lord, I think it was called. It was really good exp- explanation here. And the, the truth is that we have learned to do this somewhat, and we teach that in the MSG, right? Present yourself before the Lord. How do you receive a, a word for your neighbor? How do you get a word for somebody? You position yourself, a heart before the Lord, with a heart of compassion, and you open and you receive. It opens up, okay? Romans chapter 6, verse 12. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies that you obey its lust. And do not go on presenting the members of your bodies to sin as instruments of unrighteousness. So stop right here. So what he's saying is you guys got to stop that mess you're doing. You got to stop that mess you're doing because you're acting up. You're not acting like priests. You're not acting like priests who keep God's commandments of walking in love towards God and love towards one another because you guys have been letting your bodies, you've been allowing your tongue to say things you shouldn't say. You've allowed your hands to do things you shouldn't do. He says it's time to stop yielding to those types of influences. Now, when we've read that, we thought, okay, we need to quit sin. But I notice here in the NAS version, verse 13, it says, do not go on presenting. Like this is an ongoing thing. Do not go on presenting. That means quit giving that spirit of gossip a place in your mouth. Do not go on presenting, right? And then what he says, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Do you know that for the longest time when I read this part of Scripture, present yourselves to God, I thought that was something I did one time. I thought it was something I did one time. I got born again, gave my heart to the Lord, so I had presented myself to God. And I don't know that I consciously thought that, but that was the position that my mind was, was just to, okay, present myself before the Lord. Now I'm in the kingdom of God. Now, you know, we're here. But just as he says in the previous phrase, do not go on presenting yourself to unrighteousness, it's the same attitude, therefore keep presenting yourself as an instrument of righteousness. Keep on presenting yourself to God. Keep on. So you did it yesterday. Do it again today. 
And this is, what's, this is the position that you and I are going to move into. It's not going to be, well, I gave my heart to Jesus 20 years ago and I'm done. No, it's like this. Today, I'm presenting my members to the Lord. Tomorrow, I'll present them again. Because, see, a priest is going to make not just one offering to the Lord, but he's going to daily be offering to the Lord, right? So as a priest is going in to offer praise, to offer worship, to offer sacrifice to the Lord, then he's going to have to go and wash his hands and get cleaned up. You know, in the Old Testament tabernacle, what's the first thing the priest did when he walked in there? He had to go in there and he had to get cleaned up because they had the, the big laver there with all the water in it. And he had to go and ceremonially wash before he dared go into the holy place. That was part of the priest's job, was to get himself presentable before the Lord. So in the New Testament, what is the Lord saying to us? He's saying, so therefore, guys, don't keep presenting yourself to those evil influences. You need to stop that bad attitude. You need to stop that bad behavior. Get over it and get past it. Okay, let's quit that stuff now. And instead of that, now we're going to daily present ourselves to the Lord, and we're going to love the Lord, keep his commandments, and walk in love towards one another. Amen. Now, see, this is, this is where we live, folks, because I'm here to tell you, for the last two, uh, three months, there has been a lot of stuff going on here in relationships. There's been people been saying things about each other, making judgments against each other. You know, just there's been a lot of that going on for three months. And how do I know? Because I hear about it. And in some cases, I'm in the middle of it getting you people to repent, right? <laughs> okay. But that's what's going on. I'm here, well, somebody got, you know, aggravated with this person, or I don't think they did that right, or I don't like what they did, and blah, 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 blah. You know what all that stuff is? It's not walking in love. That's all that stuff. That is yielding your members to some kind of a spirit of accusation, to some kind of a spirit of judgment, some spirit of pride. That's all that is. And what about giving your, yourself over to a spirit of fear, about spirit of despair? All right, no raising your hands, but hey, guys, this has been going on here for three months. It's time to be done with that stuff. And instead, let's offer ourselves before the Lord and present our members before the Lord. Because you know what? The eyes need to be presented to the Lord because I want to see what he wants to show me. All right? And if I have spent, my eyes have been sitting there focusing and looking at something corrupt and evil, I need to get them cleaned. I need to get cleaned to go into the presence of the Lord, right? If my tongue has been bad-mouthing and criticizing and judgmenting, okay, then I need to get that thing brought under the restraint of the Holy Spirit and begin to get forgiveness and walk in love, right? And present a clean tongue. Didn't the Bible say in James, it talks about how that, you know, out of the, the same mouth you've got people blessing God and cursing their brothers? And these things should not be so, should not have two kinds of streams flowing out of us. But we should be single in what we're saying and doing because we're going to repent so that our thoughts and our behaviors are in agreement with the Lord's, right? In agreement with Him. Who wants to see God? All right? Who wants to see God? Who wants to see things in heaven? I do. I want to get blown away. Anybody want to get blown away? Okay. What's the condition? Present your members... To righteousness. Love God, love people, keep his commandments, right? Present yourself to righteousness. Okay. The whole context of the scripture is about rejecting sin and daily not allowing sin and daily 
presenting your members before the Lord. Let's turn over to Colossians chapter 3. Hallelujah. Colossians 3. Presenting myself as a priest before the Lord. Hallelujah. Colossians 3 verse 1. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. Think about it. What's a priest doing? He has got his attention upon the throne, his attention upon God's kingdom, what's going on there. But it doesn't even say, it doesn't even say to seek the Lord here, does it? What's it say? Seek things. That's interesting. That's interesting. What kind of things? <laughs> it doesn't say seek the Lord. It doesn't say to set your affection on, on the Lord. It says to seek them on things there above. What kind of things are up there? I need to find out. <laughs> I need to find out. Why do we need to be so... He's talking about don't get so caught up with this realm down here. We got all kinds of problems. We got bills to pay. We got kids to take care of. We got to go to school. We got to get the car fixed. We got to this, we got to this, we got to this. That is stuff down here. What's up there? You don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> Why don't we know? Because we haven't had dinner with God yet. Because <laughs> we haven't been there. Because our eyes have not been opened to see what's there. We've heard a little bit here and there. Somebody, you know, made a trip to heaven. Somebody saw something. Somebody, whatever. But for the most part, you know, we've just not really had faith for it. We haven't really felt like that was a realm we had the right to go into. Right? I even just felt like this was just not, it was, it was you know, it was put off for me and my thinking. It was put off till one day when the Lord comes back. That's where this whole thing was in my way of thinking. But I'm not seeing that, are you? What's it saying in the Bible here? Set your mind on things above, not on things that are on the earth. It's seeking the things above where Christ is. I want to know the stuff where he is. That's from his perspective. You know, your problems look like, look like you know, one thing from sitting down here on the earth. I want to know what they look like from up there. What do they look like from where Christ sits? It's not going to be the same perspective, is it? All right. Now, verse... Hmm. I skipped to verse... Okay. Verse uh, 5. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it's because of these things the wrath of God will come on the sons of disobedience. And in them you also once walked when you were living in them. But now you also put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices. Is he talking to Christians here? Yeah, sad but true, right? Okay, he's talking to Christians. He's saying, you guys... You've got to consider that you're not going to give expression to these things. Immorality and impurity and greed and all that. You're not giving expression to that. Don't yield to those things any longer. Instead, presenting yourself before the Lord and yielding to his things, okay? 
Verse 10, and have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. A renewal in which there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, circumcised and uncircumcised, Barbian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. You see, in priest, there's no room for judgment. There's no room for pointing the finger and criticizing and blaming other people. There's no room for that. You know, and he's, he's saying we're forgiving other people and bearing with them because we understand the Lord has forgiven us too. You know how that sometimes you get so irritated with a person? You know, and you know how that makes you feel? Do you think that maybe we might have irritated the Lord a time or two? <laughs> I mean, you know, how many of you, you know, can look back over incidents and you know that, you know, I did that person wrong. You know, I did them wrong. You know what? We've all done the Lord wrong. And go, what has he done? Has he held a grudge? Has he called up somebody and, and complained? Sent a nasty email? What did the Lord do? Forgave. He, he determined to act toward us with a heart of redemption. You know, and he's been incredibly patient with us, hasn't he? Boy, bearing with one another. Oh, my goodness. Has he borne with us for a while? I'm thinking, yes. <laughs> He's been burying things for a while. What's burying mean? That means putting up with stuff. You know, we get a little impatient. We get tired of putting up with people's crap, right? How long has God been putting up with our crap? <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is where we live, y'all. This is real, right? So what is it? So therefore, Paul is saying, look, you forgive their crap because God will forgive you or your crap. <laughs> That's how it works. You see, I can forgive you because I've been forgiven. You know, I can forgive you because I've been forgiven. Therefore, you got to forgive me. you got to forgive me, priest. Priest, show me God's forgiveness. Show one another God's forgiveness and bear him with people. Do you know what? The people who are in our life, our lives, most of them, most of them are nice folks doing the best they can, right? You got your occasional person who's not, but, and, and particularly among, you know, believers, people in church, it's people that are all a work in progress. Nobody's got it all figured out yet. They're all working as the Lord is dealing with each one of us. And we get a little more insight, we do a little adjustment, right? But you know what? We're, we understand that, there's some times I'd see a person's behavior and I think, ah, I used to do that. <laughs> I used to behave just like that, you know. But you know what? God was patient and let me grow and let me get past some stuff and sometimes sent somebody my direction to assist me, educate me, inform me sometimes because sometimes my blind spot, I don't know, you know, sometimes God has sent somebody to help me. Well, guess what? This means that I can also be patient and maybe help you with your blind spot a little bit. But, you know, we're all going to get there. 
We're going to get there by the grace and the power of God. Hallelujah. Put on love. It's the perfect bond of unity. Aren't you glad that you know, the, the commandments the Lord has for us are really simple? Love God and love people. That's really simple. You know, there's so much that we don't have to be concerned about. You know, well, you know, did I get all the leaven out of the house for Passover? Did I get all, the, you know, all that kind of stuff. We don't have to be concerned about those things. Hallelujah. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3.18 that we all with an unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. We're all being transformed, and we're going from glory to glory. You know what? As we are beholding the glory of the Lord. What would happen, folks, if you and I had an encounter similar to what? these Israelites had, we had our eyes open and we saw the Lord. Do you think that might have an impact and change mm -hmm. how you live? Mm -hmm. Do you think that it might inspire you towards more love, mm -hmm. to, towards more faith? Absolutely. Yes. And what does he say? Because as we behold the glory of the Lord, that beholding him and his glory changes us. Makes you want to be a better person. Makes you want to believe God. Makes me want to risk something for God. Makes you want to get out there. Right? It's beholding Him. That's what it's going to take. So I want to get to a position where I can behold Him. How about you? You know what? We've got, we've got physical senses and we've got spiritual senses. We've got physical eyes. We've got spiritual eyes that see in the spirit realm. We've got physical ears. We've got spiritual ears that hear from the spirit realm. And the same with the touch and the, the nose and the taste. All of those spiritual as well as natural senses, right? I want us to awaken our spiritual senses tonight. And this is not about, I'm going to get a prophecy. That's not what this is about. This is not about, i got to get a word for you. This is about, I want to see God. This is about, I want to have an encounter with the things of heaven that are going to change me and change you. That's what I'm after. I want to see his glory. I want to see the splendor of his majesty. I want to see the, the things we've heard about. I read the stories of Ezekiel. I read the stories of Elijah. They saw some stuff I hadn't seen. And I got a better covenant than they had. I got a better covenant, folks. I'm here to tell you, it's time for us to rise up as a nation of priests and say these things are, are within reach. And I'm going to tell you, really, do not discount yourself. Well, I'm not a prophet. Well, I'm not an intercessor. Well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Look, you got eyes, don't you? you got ears, don't you? God has given them to you. Well, I've never seen anything. I've never felt anything. Then let's start presenting our bodies to the Lord. And just start presenting on a daily basis. I'm just going to present to you, Lord, to present to you. Do you know what? At some point, you're going to, your senses are going to kick in. They might immediately, but if they don't, it doesn't matter. Because you keep his commandments, and Jesus has promised to manifest himself to you. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, he didn't have to promise. He didn't have to promise. It did not have to be written down at all, but he did. So let's, let's stand on that promise. And let's believe God. 
I don't want dull church services. I don't want dull religious junk. I want encounters with the living God. I want encounters that will change people, that will, that will give us, a, that will just transform us, you know. They told, um, Samuel told Saul, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is going to come upon you, and when it happens, you're going to be changed into another man. I think it's time that we have had some more transformation, some higher levels of glory. And it's not about, you know, your name don't have to be Benny Hinn. Your name doesn't have to be, you know, Samuel the prophet. Your name is child of God, priest of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you would just close your notebooks and we're going to pray. Jim, would you pop that music back on, please? We're going to pray to present our members before the Lord and to activate our spiritual senses. Hallelujah. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lust. Do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Would you pray this with me? I turn away from sin and do not let it rain in me. I no longer offer my members as instruments of unrighteousness. I am dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed. I put aside anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from my mouth. I put aside lying, judgment, and the pointing of the finger. I bear with and forgive others, just as you, Lord, have forgiven me. And so in obedience to your scripture, I offer my members to you. Lord, I offer my eyes to you to see what you're doing, to see from your perspective, to behold your beauty. Open the eyes of my spirit to see. That I may focus on you rather than the things of the world. Lord, I offer my ears to you. To clearly hear your voice. To filter out the noise of the world. Give me discerning ears.
Lord, I offer my mouth to you to speak your words. I offer my tongue as an instrument of righteousness. Lord, I offer my nose to you. I want to smell your sweet fragrance and no stench of the world. Lord, I offer my hands to you to serve you, to reach out to those in need and to lay hands on the sick. Lord, I offer my feet to you to walk in your ways, to go where you want me to go, and to follow you. Lord, I offer my heart to you. For you said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I give you my broken, wounded, hurting heart. I give you my heart of stone. Take the hardness away. Give me a heart of compassion. A pure, undivided heart. A heart for the lost. A heart for the needy. I want to experience your heart. I give you my heart. Lord, I give you my mind. I set my mind on you and the things of your kingdom. I want the mind of Christ operating in me. Give me a renewed mind to think like you do. Lord, I present my whole being to you. Spirit, soul, and body as instruments of righteousness. In Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, reveal yourself to me. Father, pour out your spirit upon me. I want to prophesy. I want to dream dreams. I want to have visions. 
I want to see the things of heaven. Pour out your spirit. Lord, we stir up our spiritual senses and we look. So we look and we listen. And we sense and we feel.
Thank you for joining us. For more information about Destiny Spirit Church or additional teaching CDs or training events, please visit our website at www.destinyspirit.com or you can write to us at Destiny Spirit Church, P.O. Box 15252, Chesapeake, Virginia, 23328. Thank you.